Welcome to the Northbound Wealth Podcast. All opinions expressed by me, my co-hosts, or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Northbound Wealth Management, LLC. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment, tax, or legal advice, or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities. Clients of Northbound Wealth Management LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hey, this is Brent Foster, founder and CEO of Northbound Wealth Management. This week's Market Insights. Today is September 26th. This is our 14th week of doing this podcast. I'm really excited to keep this bad boy running. So fallout from Powell's comments continues, obviously. Last week, Fed Chair Powell said the U.S. would not tame inflation without economic pain. That's certainly the case. This week's heightened recession fears and sent stocks broadly lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 4%, while the S&P 500 lost 4.65%. The NASDAQ Composite Index fell 5.07% for the week, and the MSCI EFA Index, which tracks developed overseas stock markets, declined 3.05%. So the Dow closed it below 30,000. That's 29,590. Year to date, that means the Dow is down 18.57%. The NASDAQ closed at 10,867. And year to date, that's down 30.53%. The MSCI EFA index uh, closed at 1734 or down 25.77%. The SP 500 closed at 3,693 which is down 22.51% for the year. The 10-year treasury note closed at 3.69%, well above the 3% rate that we saw not too long ago. Um, Actually, uh, for the week, that means it was up 24 basis points, and year-to-date, it's up 2.17%. I do want to make note that the like the, today, even the two-year treasury note is trading at 4.2%. The one year is at about 4%. And we do have an inverted yield curve, but it makes bonds a little more uh, attractive to equity investors. So um, we're seeing some uh, some flows go back that way to fixed income, whereas before it, it wasn't as attractive. Um, so those are treasury notes guaranteed by the government. So here we go. Yield surge, stocks tumble. That's the headline. Last week's meeting of the FOMC proved unsettling for financial markets. It wasn't only the widely expected announcement of another rate hike, but a more hawkish message that rates may be heading higher for longer than anticipated. Fed officials indicated that any policy change might be further off than investors had contemplated. The latest rate hike caused bond yields to rise with the two-year and the 10-year treasury note yields touching levels not seen in over a decade. Global central banks moved in tandem with the Fed as the Bank of England, Swiss National Bank, and Norway's Norges Bank, among others, also hiked rates. Another rate hike. In its efforts to cool inflationary forces, the FOMC or the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 75 basis points last week, the third consecutive rate increase of that size. Projections by the FOMC members suggested that interest rates may increase by as much as 1.25 percentage points before year end. The FOMC also projects that unemployment will rise to 4.4% by December 2023. 
this projection is up from its current level of 3.7%. And that core inflation will be 4.5% by year end. In June, Fed officials projected core inflation would be at 4.3% by year end. They also indicated that interest rates may reach as high as 4.6% in 2023 without any rate cut likely until 2024. This week, key economic data. On Tuesday, we got durable goods orders, consumer confidence, and new home sales. Thursday, jobless claims, GDP, or gross domestic product. Friday, consumer sentiment. We'll be watching that data carefully. This week, companies reporting earnings. On Wednesday, you got CentOS and Paychex. Thursday, Micron Technology and Nike. Uh, we'll be tracking that for you. Be interesting to see how they guide going forward and into the uh, rest of the year. Uh, finally, just a tax tip, the educator uh, expense deduction. So tax deductible educator expenses allows eligible teachers and administrators to deduct part of the cost of technology, supplies, and training from their taxes. In this case, an eligible educator is a taxpayer that is a kindergarten through grade 12 teacher, instructor, counselor, principal, or aide. They must work at at least 900 hours a year at a school that provides elementary or secondary education. In 2022, educators can deduct up to $300 of trade or business expenses not reimbursed by their employer, a grant, or another source. Some examples of covered expenses include professional development course fees, books, supplies, computer equipment, other classroom equipment, personal protective equipment like masks and disinfectant. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax professional. And this tip was adapted by irs.gov. Stay tuned for the next segment. September is Life Insurance Awareness Month. If you haven't reviewed your insurance profile in a while, you may be surprised that what made sense in the past is no longer something that makes sense right now or for the future. Here are some ways to quickly evaluate your needs. Uh, use the dime method or stop on a dime. Uh, D-I-M-E, that is. Add up your debt, which is the D, 10 years of income, which is the I, your mortgage payoff amount, which is your M, and the cost of your children's college education, which is E. This can provide a starting point for how much insurance coverage you may require for you and your family. Number two, look at your options. Do you need term life insurance coverage uh, for a fixed amount of time or whole life insurance, a policy structured to last until you pass away? Two good questions. So number three, evaluate the costs of insurance. The price of a policy depends on your age, health, and the amount of coverage in the policy. These methods can help give you a rough idea as to where to start, but there's no substitute for speaking to a financial professional or someone that's licensed in insurance um, or as an estate planning specialist about how much life insurance you need and, and what approach is right for you. After all, life doesn't stand still and neither should your life insurance policy. So give us a call. We'd be happy to talk to you about what your life insurance needs might look like. Hey, this is Brent Foster with your technical analysis spotlight for the week. 
this is the end of September, so the week of September 26th. And I just wanted to run through kind of where we are at in the S&P 500. That's our focus this week. So um, in March of 2020, the S&P 500 hit a level of 2190. And we've rallied off that bottom all the way up to a little over 4,800 on the S&P. Um, and then uh, and in that time span, that was March of 2020 all the way to January of 2022 or the end of December of 2021. So the, the right at the turn of the calendar year. Um, since then, we have been on a substantial decline in the S&P 500 uh, for all markets uh, globally, even for, for any kind of risk-based assets for equities, it's been down. The trend has been down. So um, we've had lower lows and we hit a bottom uh, from January of 2022 to June of 2022. We hit a low of... Um, right around, oh, 35, 3,600, 3, let's call it. Um, we are retesting those lows um, currently. Um, the last couple of weeks, um, you'll see that we're trading uh, at 36.55 as of just yesterday. Um, now, imagine being around 3,600 and change um, on the S&P and then having an, a bear market rally is what we call that all the way back up to 4,233. So from 3,600 all the way up to 4,233, that's a that's a pretty steep and substantial impulse move in a bear market downtrend. So it's a, it's a nice rally in a still a, a, what would resolve as a downtrend or potentially lower lows in the future. So fast forward, that 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 peak when we hit 42.33 was back in August. Um, we've been going correcting ever since um, due to the Fed and what they're doing as far as raising rates and economic data and things like that. So um, here we are retesting the June lows um, and we're currently trading around 36.55. So this year uh, has definitely been a corrective year, a repricing of equity markets. Um, and, you know, investment managers, asset managers out there have to be asking themselves a question as to when to redeploy capital when you look at the NASDAQ being down 30%, the SP being down more than 22% this year, the Dow being down about the same. And so at what point do you re-engage in buying risk-based assets or indexes uh, for a long-term strategy um, so that um, you can, you know, over time, the markets tend to go up and to the right. So um, if you have a longer-term perspective, you got to be starting to think about when are you going to be adding risk to portfolios. Now, the challenge is the short-term treasury market or government-backed uh, bonds uh, is is paying really high yield. So you can actually have a, if you hold these bonds to maturity, you're able to collect currently on say a one-year note, 4.2%, 4.2% guys. That's incredible because we've not seen those levels in, for in like over a decade. Um, if you go back and you look at history, like 2005, 2007, the savings accounts 
this is pre-great financial crisis. Um, the savings accounts were paying about four, four and a half percent. Of course, mortgages were around six. Uh, and and look where we're at today. We're we're actually back to to that level as far as savings or treasuries and mortgage rates. So debt, um, what the cost is for carrying mortgages. So on a, on a thirty year. So um, I'm sitting here looking at this and saying, gosh, you know, uh, we haven't had this opportunity in a long time in bonds to go with safety and uh, look at a a nine month, a six month, a six month, a nine month, a one year, a two year, they're all like 3.8 and above the two year notes paying about 4.22. And we've got a yield curve that's inverted. So if you go further out than that, the yields are actually lower. So um, why would you go longer in duration with a lower yield? Um, that to me, for for most, uh, for, for all intents and purposes, doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you think that uh, what the Fed is doing is going to work, that the yield curve will eventually flatten and, and you're probably you're, you're betting on get, locking in a higher rate of interest over that longer duration. So extending duration. Um, and, but but the, the offset to that is you have to hold those bonds to maturity. So you have to wait longer uh, and, and you could see, you know, some volatility in those prices between now and then. Um, but the idea would be uh, you lose some liquidity when you do that because you're kind of holding the bond to maturity. Anyway, the um, the equity markets are are testing June lows. Like I mentioned before, the the there's a a place to buy which hasn't been there in a long time, which is bonds, and we're seeing uh, flows go to that short end of the yield curve to lock in those savings rates. I'm doing that, frankly, across portfolios where it makes sense. Um, and I'm, and I'm not talking specifically to any specific client, but I'm, ge- I'm just generalizing saying, Hey, there's an, an ability to earn a, a decent amount of interest. I mean, uh, a 4.2% on a one year just to wait, um, and to see how the equity markets shake out or, or wait for a buying opportunity, maybe a year or two or three from now, um, or even one this year, um, makes sense to me. As a brief recap, we are still trading below the 200-day moving average. I do like to talk about the 200-day from a macro perspective. And then we are trading still below the 50-day moving average. So the 200-day moving average is currently at 42.33. The 50-day moving average is currently at 4,034. And we are currently trading around 36.55 in the S&P 500. So we're still in a downtrend. We've got to see a reversal and a pivot um, to the, to the upside and a, and a breakout above the 50 and above the 200 day in order, uh, for this bear market to potentially be over from my analysis and what I see out there, it's not probably going to, it's going to still be a while before that happens. So we're continuing to look for opportunities to buy solid companies with great cash flows, good businesses, good profitability, good fundamentals, uh, at lower valuations, at attractive valuations relative to the past and looking out into the future. So um, our portfolios uh, have a lot of solid names in them. Um, they're the shift away from companies that lose money and that have insane multiples 
uh, happened a while back towards the latter parts of 2021. You, we saw some cracks in that. So shifting gears to uh, more value-oriented companies, that doesn't mean the old guard of value where the value trap, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more of the uh, companies that just have great balance sheets and good cash flows and solid businesses. So, and at multiples and maybe even multiples that are lower than uh, paying a premium for them. And you got to be careful not to just chase that trade either. So um, it is a challenging environment to be navigating as a portfolio manager, money manager, investment advisor. I think that having a solid financial plan, a solid strategy, patience, and education around the equity markets that staying in the market is a good thing. It's just shifting gears where you need to be in the market uh, is what's going to play defense during times like this. But then also at the same time you're playing defense, you're also looking for opportunities playing offense and taking advantage of the price dislocations out there. That's where you look back over the next five, 10, 15 years, you look back and go, man, I, I'm glad I really deployed capital at that time or made these adjustments at that time because um, it can really enhance portfolio performance um, rather than having your head in the sand and not paying attention to it. So we're here to help you navigate mucky waters or the rough seas. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Wealth Management. Hello, I'm your host, Brent Foster and founder of Northbound Wealth Management. If you would like to meet with us to discuss your financial situation, we'd be happy to help. You can reach us at 317-399-1107 or going to our website at www.northboundwealth.com and sending us a message through our Contact Us page. As a recap as to what our process is like, it's very simple and straightforward. Step one is an initial meeting where we get to know you and understand your needs. Step two is designing a plan and then making recommendations as to what we think would be the right strategy for you and your family. Step three, is implementing the plan and executing the recommendation. And simply step four is managing the plan once it's in place. So it's a monitoring and reviewing process. We're excited to work with you and your family. Thank you so much and we'll talk to you soon.